0: I once, we had a guy in Yeshiva who was a very, very intelligent person. We have many intelligent guys Mm -hmm. in Yeshiva Baruch Hashem. And a guy explained of it, the difference in graduation here and other Yeshivas. And I want to share what he explained. I found that, I found it to be just accurate and fascinating. And I want to say this in talking for a few minutes about Joey before Joey leaves. Morty said like this in most schools and certainly secular schools the way it works is they have a year of limudim of studies they have things they want to cover in Gemara, Chumash, science, math, bing bing, bell rings and you have the classes and then the kids go go to your first period, your second period, your third period, your fifth period and that's how your day goes going through the day and you complete the studies of the year at the end of the year to say you graduated, it's not about your journey. It's about the journey of the school. They completed a cycle, and then the next year they plug in. It, it doesn't even notice who's in that class. The graduation barely celebrates you, it celebrates the Limudim that were finished the the classes were finished you happened to have been plugged in it's like your journey wasn't really focused on your journey what was focused on is the classes that needed to be taught at the end of the year those classes are complete you can imagine the graduation is not profoundly emotional it's not really your graduation of your journey. It doesn't really speak about your journey. It was never really about your journey. We were teaching these things in Hebrew studies and secular studies. And you were sitting there and you completed our year. That's, that's what graduation means. In the yeshiva, this is a yeshiva, not a secular school. And it's about your journey. It's about each guy here's journey. There's certainly subjects taught. We're about to sit and learn Musar, there's Chomish, there's Gemara, there's even English classes. But a guy's journey matters. And the end of the year, the celebration is on this guy's journey. Not we completed like the Limud and we wanted, a, we got out, everything, We okay, we made it. We got out, we said everything we wanted to say, taught everything we wanted to taught. It's not about the teachers, what they wanted to teach. It's about the people and their own journeys, their own story, their own relationships, and that's that, That's the yeshiva's about. As such, because it's about each guy's journey, I never view it, I never view it really that it's about the seniors. Guys come here at all different times. Guys come for 10th grade, for 11th grade, for 12th grade, for 13th grade, as a dorm council, as a Rebbe, all different. And our journeys start and end and continue at all different places. And we celebrate, we try to understand and try to join as much as we can each person's journey. As together, as a group, we cheer on each other's journeys. They have different, it's it's not a typical place like graduation. Then the end point, we've had many, many guys leave at different points step in step out at different points we've had guys in an honest way you've come for 10th grade left after three months and i believe the yeshiva gave them something real relationship, understanding. It's not meant to cap out. We have to think ways we could be a better institution, and Hashem knows we have much, much to improve, no question about it. Much like people have to improve, an institution has to improve. But guys have come for three months in 10th grade. I'm friends with them 15 years later, and 13 years later, the yeshiva, with the base has we're 23 years with the high school, it's been around, is our 14th year. But guys, many years later, here for a few months and picked up something very, very real. I want to say with Joey that, that I want to say two points that I'm extremely, extremely proud of, impressed by. And he's both taught us and we've gotten, he's shared with us to the degrees his journey. His honesty and his honest want for truth is awesome to me. It's something all of us are in the middle of our own journeys of discovering truths, and his willingness to say, I don't know. For a very smart guy, I am very suspect of smart people who think they know. I know. Recently, somebody recently asked me, somebody close to me, said, are you sure about something? I said, I'm sure about nothing. I'm sure about God. That This side, the, oh, we say on, on Davening in... Um, on your, on, in, in the Yom Neram we say about Hashem, Hashem's name is certain certainty. and so is his praise. He's the only certainty. There's only one certainty. It's the, <laughs> to say for a human being in any arrogant way, no matter how smart he is. I know. I'm sure. There's there's um, there's a lot we don't know. We're limited, and we try to wrap our minds, and we try to. Wrap our experiences around. I'll tell you something interesting that fives in the Enneagram who are very cerebral, fives are thinkers. Their safety net is to understand something. That's how they get safe. They understand that fives struggle a lot. What is the struggle of a five, Abby, with what? Not knowing. Not like not what's thinking. the what's the word um, when Michelle, what's that's good? What's the language when you struggle with existence? Nihilism. You know what nihilism is? Word of the day, guys. Yosef, say the word nihilism. Nihilism. Joe, you know what nihilism is? Nihilism is when people aren't sure do I really exist? Do you really exist? Do we all really exist? Does anything exist? That's called nihilism. Fives in the Enneagram, more than any other number in the Enneagram, struggle with nihilism. Why? Fives are the most cerebral, yo. Their safety is to escape up here. They're very anxious of the world, it's a scary place. And they escape to the brain. I need to know how it works, why it works, tell me why you're doing that, that's how fives work. Fives on the anagram, more than any other number on the anagram struggle with nihilism. Do I exist, do you exist, why? Because the mind is very, very limited. The mind is a tool we have, and we can understand many things, but the the mind is limited. We are deeper than a mind. It's one tool we have. It's one tool we have at our disposal. It's a tool we have is the mind. We are deeper than, I trust a lot, gut and instinct matters to me a lot. If I sense something and feel something that's not intellectual, I was, I'll give you a muscle, I was asked to speak on a Zoom, on this big Zoom, This there was a thousand people on this thing, and I was asked to speak, and I told my wife, there's a story that happened to me 30 years ago, it's a tiny story, and I had this gut, I promise this is what happened, this is like, I have hundreds of stories like this, I had a gut that I have to say this story over and I asked my wife if I should say over the story, she said, I don't think you should. Now, Joey, usually I listen to my wife. She's much smarter than me, but I had a gut. And I said, I have mm-hmm. to. She said, I don't think you should. I have to, I have to. I, I, Rachel, I, I need to say it. I, I can't explain it. And it wasn't an important. It was a minor story, and she had a reason not to say it. I said, it's my gut. She said, if you feel that way, say it. You feel something inside. I can't intellect. it wasn't intellect. La mice I called up my mom to get, it was a story about a lady who I hadn't seen. She's in She's Ilema, in, in, I knew for many years. She was an old lady when the story happened to me 30 years ago. I call up my mom, I get the lady's name. Her name is Mrs. Glassman. My mother tells me her name. And I said over the story about Mrs. Glassman. Fine. That was a gut. The next day I get a call. The, the share was Sunday night. Monday morning I get a call from the family. They're like, thank you, thank you. I was, they were appreciative sure. I said a story about their mother the daughter called me up thank you thank you for sharing the story so I was like surprise. it was a cute story what were you? she said I couldn't believe me. the whole family was amazed that you knew it was her yard site last night and today no her yard site I, I didn't know if she was alive or not she was old it was her yard site and I had a gut to say the story I had to say the story why is that I promise you we're much more than our intellect we're much much more than our intellect I'll give you another story. Shabbos HaGadol in Yeshiva. Shabbos, sh- Shabbos Shuvah in Yeshiva. A few months ago, a couple of months ago, six weeks ago. Shabbos Shuvah in Yeshiva. I was speaking to the Chavar by Shalash And I don't typically name drop. It's not my chill. And I happened, to, I, I, I knew for many years ago, Rabbi Sandler. one of He's the Mashkiach in, in Shayashiv. And I had in my mind that I have to quote, I had some little thing that was like a barely something he told me. I, I didn't need to quote his name and I didn't need to quote the thing. I felt like I should do it. So I quoted Rev. Sandler. I've never quoted him before ever in a shi. I don't think ever in my life. And I was with him for summers many, many years ago. And we were with together two summers. And I quoted something that he told me. I sensed, again, I should say it, and I quoted it. The next morning, I get a call from Rev. Mm-hmm. Sandler. I saw a missed call from Rev. Sandler. I, I'm not in touch with him. And he was calling about a shidduch. He was calling about something. And he said, I want to tell you that yesterday, my Shabbat Shuvah Drashah, about an hour before I spoke, Rev. Sandler quoted me. He said, I quoted you. And the thing, I want to tell you that I quoted you, my Shabbat Shuvah Drashah, and he quoted me. It's obvious to me that a part of me knew. He quotes me, and an hour later, I get a gut that I have to quote him. And I quoted him back, and it's obvious that my soul knew that he quoted me, and I was being maki atayv, quoting him back. It's a Shabbat the that he was quoted, it was HaKoros HaTayv. There was zero intellect, it's a Gemara. The Gemara says many things we don't know, our mazel knows, our soul knows. Shaya Twersky, he's was nifter, 21 years ago on the way to Yeshiva, on a Friday morning. And I went to his dorm room and took his. He, and I found in his dorm room, I was collecting his dorm room, things to return to his parents. And I found he had a diary he kept for a year and a half. His last entry in his diary, you could ask the Tverskys in L.A., it was either the last day or the last week, said life is too short, dot, dot, dot. I remember the dots. And he never wrote anything like that in a year and a half diary, he never once, didn't write anything of the sort. And he wrote life is too short. Now what does that mean? His neshama knew something. We're more than our intellect. Intellect is one part of us. We're a soul. We're very, very, we're a lot. A person, a human being is a lot. The intellect is one tool. It's a very good tool. And there's many things that you could wrap your mind around and you should, but understand it's one tool five struggle with nihilism is because they only, they're a one trick pony, they only have the intellect. They don't trust gut, you friendship is deeper than the intellect. Friendship, your soulmate, your wife is much, much deeper than the intellect, she's your other half. If you try to be married just with intellect, you'll never get married. There's, There's much more to us, the intellect, the seichel is huge. It's a huge chalak of a person. Seichel is huge. In the we're coming to Chanukah. Al-pi kabbalah. The nun gimel Hay shin. All of us learn as kids. Neis Kadal Hayasham. That's one pshat. That's one. There's deep side in the in, in, in the in the on the dreidel. And pashtas they stand for the three chalakim, the four chalakim of a person. Their are nefesh. the 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 sin is seichel. They're all different. He is hakoil, is the totality of a person. That, what? Ne'eretz Yisrael, I don't know. There are things, of course, they are things they represent in our Israel, America, Chotz The bottom line is, is that Sechel's is for sure a huge part of a person. The intellect is a huge part of a person, but not the entirety of the human being. It's a chelech and a tool of the person. Fives who like... In their in their want for safetyness, run there, struggle with nihilism, because you have to tune into other aspects of our being to feel to experience. There are things deeper than seichel there, today, and I'm not promoting this at all. I'm not promoting this. I I know very little about it. Somebody showed me some research with psychedelics, which I'm not into. Nobody should do. Nobody should use substances, but they're figuring out ways that people have all different diseases of the mind, like OCD and the like, and they're giving it. They shut off the brain, and they sense that we that that, that there's Hashem. They sense, and it cures like a lot of illnesses of the brain because they they have a way to somehow shut it off, and people detect. A oneness in the world. I saw interviews with people who tried it. Very fascinating. And of course, we don't need psychedelics to do this. There are very natural ways to feel and experience. And Seichel is one aspect of the person. Intelligent people know that our sechel is limited. Our sechels are very powerful and very, very important, and use the sechel and tap into the sechel. But also be aware we're human beings and limited. And one of the things I want to say on Joey's such a brilliant, very, very bright person, but I like the honesty of not knowing, the, 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 the honesty of a searcher. I appreciate him. Certainly he's getting places and will continue. He's a very, very loyal friend. I stamped honesty is what the yeshiva is built on. He's an honest person, straightforward, there's an honesty, a very loyal friend. I love the relationship that he 's built with his parents with time with maturity with development, the relationship that he 's built his father 's here from Baltimore to pick him up and to bring him home there 's a tremendous relationship that he 's building with his family, and just the the growth that Joey has experienced that we 've gotten to witness i 'm still i 'm hoping we get him back in a couple of weeks, but even if he 's gone for two weeks, I wanted a Thank him for allowing us to share in his journey—a journey of honesty, a journey where we're seeing tremendous advancement of the person. I have a pet thing that bothers me. Many guys over the years have told me, "Rebbe, I'm not working on kind I'm working on mental health." So I'm working. It very much that angers me. If you ever want to get me angry, go there because it's such an ignorance to what Torah is, what Yiddishkeit, Torah is all-encompassing. There's no such thing. Well, he's very from, he's just not healthy, so he's not so from. The Torah is all-encompassing. It speaks about the entirety, the totality of man. When somebody's working on being more consistent, being more practical, these are all in the areas, Torah Hashem Tamimah, Tamima means it's encompassing. It encompasses every aspect of our life. You have, a person, you have a person who's ignoring all different emotional, social aspects. I don't consider that, that the person's a bentire. The person's not a bentire. They're, they're neglecting tremendous areas where the tire deals with. Maishu Rabbeinu, who's the teacher of Torah to Klal Yisrael, the first three stories of his life is he's busy with the physical needs of his people. And that's the introduction to the one who teaches us Torah. He's worried, the Torah deals with every aspect of a person. When a Bacher is working with rebellion, with friends, on healthy relationships, that's all in the realm of Tyre. The Tyre has what to say about that, and the Tyre encourages and speaks. And you're working on Tyre when you work on that. The Tyre speaks to every aspect of life. There's no aspect of life that Tyre doesn't deal with. So I have a tremendous nachas from Joey and his growth, the tremendous growth that we've seen him. I want to wish him tremendous continued atzlacha the next couple of weeks. I want to put in a hope that we get him back. That's, that's my hope and prayer in a couple of weeks, maybe two weeks, one week. Nobody will be upset if he shows up tomorrow and says, hey, we, made it. We, we didn't have any big party here. But it's worthy of speaking about him. If he comes back tomorrow, I'll speak about him again. But I want to Really give a bracha to Joey on behalf of everybody. continued Hatzlach and all that he does. Continue moving forward. Growth is very. I'll, I'll tell you something interesting. I spoke to somebody I'm close to who came to this yeshiva struggling. He became a huge masmid, learning Yemeliel Neret Yisroel, Mamish. Everybody's proud of him. And today it looks like he struggled. He's still. Dresses the part and still loves Tyree as a connection for life. To it looks to people, if somebody would chart out his path, it would look like uh, uh. And now he's like on some down. It's not that way. It's, it's, I, I spoke to him. I've never been prouder of the guy. He's getting into areas where we have a lot in us, and growth doesn't look like just the the outside look of growth. It's not. It's not what it, growth is. You watch a Bacher go to Star, quote-unquote, and he left parts out. That's how growth works. It's all part of the process. We're, we're figuring out. We're being the virus, We're connecting. We're, we're, getting, we're, we're tapping into MS. The many, many parts of us. And it's not the way it looks to the outside world. It, it won't be pretty. It can't be pretty by its nature. It's not, it's not for the, the, shul, the shul you daven and doesn't get to vote how well you do. If, if, if everybody voted now, they would give him a down vote. He's, he's, for, he's not for, he's, it's the best I've ever heard him. He's getting to areas he always needed to touch and tackle and work on, it's like the strongest I've ever seen him and his shoe would vote that he's on the downer. Growth is very personal, is very real, is very through and through and you, you're getting to the kishkas of all the things. all of us spend, we're spending our life, I'm 48 and trying to grow and figure stuff out and get in touch with stuff and improve stuff. It's, it's, it's a lifetime of opportunity. It's not always the way it appears to others, but. What, what is universal here, for those of us that know Joe and, uh, and love him, I'm tremendously proud of the person. I'm proud of who yes, he yeah. is, the dignity, the, the way he's, the derecheretz, The way he comes to all different Mm and listens with an open mind. I love, I watch, you could feel somebody listening and hearing and absorbing. And there's an honest person there. And what I'm always confident, the honest person will continue a path of shagging. will continue a tremendous path of growth. Mm -hmm. Yagata matzasa, those that are yageya, those that toil, those that care for the truth, find the truth. And my bracha is continued, continued atzlacha. With your kind, smart, loyal disposition, you will certainly be matzlech. Amen. So thank you, Joe. I want to ask, there, I wanted to ask, this is mean as can be. Now, up all night. Not fair. Okay. Not fair. So I shouldn't be so mean. <laughs> I was going to put a friend, but it's not fair. Misholam. You and who's the other one who's going? Moving. Excellent. So, Mishulam, I'm going to ask, this is unfair. They weren't given advanced warning. And I'm going to ask Mishulam to share something about Joey for a minute.
1: So, I want to start by saying, I don't really know Joey crazy well, or as much as I think one should know him, for a person of Joey's caliber. But, so, I reached out to Ari Garfield, who I think is your roommate, so probably will know more than me. So I just want to say on the read honesty, yeah, Ari sent me something. And he says that Joey is always pushing him to be successful in the best way possible. That you will be completely honest with him and tell him however you think that he should change. And just, you know, it's never in a judgmental or it's always sincere and you just want your friends to be successful. So what that shows about a person that people are just wanting to take honesty from from him. You know, even if it's telling them, oh, you're doing something wrong. If I go over to any random person and say, hey, I don't like what you're doing, they're not going to take it from me. They say, who are you to tell me what to do? But if you can go over to somebody and tell them in such a way that they take it, and they want to grow from it, I think that's a very big thing. And then, from me personally, not from Ari, I just want to say that I could tell that uh, with the VE class, you come in, and when you want something done, you get it done and you give it your all. There's no faking, there's no doing this, that. I heard a story from Perky, who you learn with, Second Sailor? Yeah. So he says, I want to be alone with him. It's almost harder for him because you just, like, Perky just wants yeah. Oh, he's going through. You're like, no, I got to know this. I got to know everything about it. You know, it has to be understood. If not, you know, it's not real. It has to be learned. And I think that's just a great quality to have somebody who, you know, whenever you want to do it, you're going to get it done. And once it's done, you know,
0: you move on to the next thing, and I can't see somebody not succeeding by doing that. So I won't. Thank you. We needed a big mind to speak about a big mind. That was... That was spot on, Meshulam. Meshulam's first thing he said from Ari, quoted from Ari, I talk about the yeshiva as a place of dialogue. The most important dialogue takes place in the rooms. And we get to hear about it from time to time, like we get a little bit glimpse into the conversations that go on in the rooms. And Joey specifically with his friends, the debates and there are debates, and they're heavyweights. They are smart guys, and they slug it out, arguing on serious things in life. But the debates and honest conversation and questions that go on, I love it. I, nobody ever got hurt from a question, I promise you. Nobody ever. People are afraid of questions. Questions are the energy that drives all the success of our life are questions. Um, if, if I have a skill, one of my skills life, I hold on to questions. I don't take bad answers. When I would see my Rebbe, I had a minute for many years. I would go to my Rebbe's sukkah, and he would always say, "Danielka, let me hear your question." He knew he knew me, and he knew I hold on to questions. And I would share with him a question that was bugging me. But questions are never a problem. It's unasked questions that are the problems. And the honest conversation you mentioned with Ari. Joey pointing things out. His him and his Joey and his friends have questions and discussions that are honest, so it's greatly appreciated. Move Yaina, take it away. Um,
1: so you're getting on the bus with few last year and going to you over the course of the year, you so welcome from Baltimore, but I think I'd like to be real close and then going tripping in Sulam. All the, the ice cream and the and everything that we did there, and starting this year with V and how you just took over, was was really awesome getting to know you. And I wanna just mention specifically how something I really admire is situations get tense. Like everybody said, there's there's debates, there's things that go on. You know, v gets complicated. We so just took over and running the whole class, and it's just it was like you're just so centered. You just Bring everything down and grounded. Your your patience, that's really what it is. It's, it's really amazing. You're not yelling, you're soft-spoken, you're, you're intelligent, mm-hmm. you're getting things going. And I think that's going to really well life. So, you okay. know, yeah. I want to say goodbye. I want to be a little bit more,
0: but I'll um, <laughs> I don't want to hold you up. You're headed to Baltimore now? And have a safe trip, a tremendous atzlacha. Excellent, excellent. John.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're sending him off from here, and Chaim Tzvi. is in Baltimore right now. We even have like a greeting. I'm gonna beg I'm gonna beg Kanye Sv to bring him right back. That's him we wouldn't play. Funny, it's funny, Heber, I just spoke in Chinach about instincts and our own, any, any one of us who, who follows sports and knows baseball, today they're very, very into a new style of baseball where there's a lot of, um, how would you call it, Avrami, the new, um, what, analytics. And they have studies on 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 rainy, cloudy days. Like they have crazy stuff. They literally have studies, Morty. This pitcher in the daytime against this hitter, what his what he hits against righties in the daytime as opposed to the night. They have crazy analytics. And the fascinating part of managing today is balancing your gut and with your sechel with what the analytics say. But I feel, but, but I sense, and part of human decision-making is figuring out from your sechel to your gut, to your instinct. Instincts are important also. If something feels right to you, it matters a lot. It matters a lot. In shidduchim, I have a tremendous importance how it feels. A says it doesn't feel right. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. That matters. It doesn't feel right. That matters a lot. How it feels to you matters because there's things higher than seichel. There's seichel, but if it feels off, there's something there. There's something bugging you. That matters a lot. So there's whole sugyas and decision makings. I want to share Ramban on this week's parsha to describe... I, I want to bring out a very specific point in decision-making from this Ramban on the parsha that moves me, and I want to share it with you. Rivka imenu, we know, coaches Yaakov Avinu to steal the brachais. And the Psukim say, listen to the language of the Psukim. The Pesukim say, Vatikach Rivka, is big day Esav. Rivka, rivka takes the begadim of Esav Binaha ha-gadol now we are ready it's, it's its almost chemical that it says B'no gadol. if you read the beginning of the parasha everybody knows Esav's the firstborn and, and Yaakov's the second if you started told us, you know the whole problem and Yaakov buys the Bechairah and okay you're left a little confused who's the oldest who's not Yaakov has bought the Bechairah off Esav very fascinating, and coming to steal the brachas, Momo, it's, it's like, riv- to me, Yosef. it's riveting. Yaakov Avinu has bought, he's the Bukhar, now he bought it from Yasef. He bought it, Yaakov Avinu bought it from Yasef. He bought the bachar for a bowl of soup. That's a good question. Very good question, Mom. Mom says, can you even sell? I mean, Yaakov clearly held you could. He said, sell me the b'chayra. So yeah, I'm left to believe you can. And it says, Yaakov, it. Comes later in the parsha, Yaakov stealing the brachas from Esav. Rivka takes big day Esav, b'noah gadol, her older son. Uh, Well, he was the older son, technically. I don't know if he's the b'chayra anymore. Why did Tyra here say b'na Gadol? Sure and it, it says that. and but is Yaakov, and she dresses Yaakov b'na katan, her younger son. It's like riveting the Tyra, like keeping score: older son and younger son. We already know who's older, who's younger. It's actually complicated. Does he remain? Is the Tyra like unvalidating the b'chir, the, the mechira? Why is the Tyra saying when Rivke Menu helps Yaakov? In the deceit of taking the Brachis, it says Rivka takes the begotten, it should say Rivka took Aesav's begod and gave them to Yaakov. Who's older or younger? It's too complicated. Not for now, you know. <laughs> it's so funny that it says Rivka takes Aesav's Begodin the older son. Ah, sort of, and gives it to Yaakov her younger son. Why does it say that? Why does it say that? What's Why did Tayrak Daisha say that? Benar Gadol Benar Khatan. Yes, if the cash is a good cash. You have a Pshad Ramban, yes, the Kesha. The Ramban says as follows. I would like to read the Ramban. Uh, there's, some, there's a specific point, Akiba, that I'm very moved by. Says the Ramban, on the words, Asa benar Gadol, the Yaakov benar Khatan, to. Accentuate. Lahaflig means to stress. To really bring out. Lahaflig means to make a big deal concerning riftka imenu, the tzadikas. To bring out her righteousness, Yosef. How does this bring out her righteousness? Zack so like this. The normal the normal attitude of somebody as a child is lahakir as ha-bichar. B'bracho is to single out the firstborn gets a certain a certain recognition with honor with blessing and with gifts. Hmm. That's the derech of somebody that's the normal when you have a family there's a certain standing the bukhar gets. I don't think parents like the firstborn more than the other kids. La There's a mitzvah daraisa to give cover to your oldest brother. Akhiva gadol. Do you know the Torah says that after one's parents die, he's not mechoy to mechabit his older brother? It's a din in Kibbut Aveim. Part of Kibbut Aveim is giving honor to the oldest boy in the family. Why do parents want that? It means the family structure is in place. If everybody's mechabit, the older son, the family's like organized. Parents want the family unit to stay together, and the siblings respecting the older son is a sign. This is a family that's organized, that's put together. The family structure is intact. And the derech, the style, the instinct of a mother of my Lidim is to, is, to, is to give a cover to the firstborn. That's instinctive, Morty. The firstborn. That's instinctive. Says the Ramban, Vehimi Daita. She went against with her das, with her intellect, Vehimidaita Sodga Hakatan, V'Rishas Hagadol. Sidkas Hakatan, V'Rishas Hagadol to Shtazem Chotarei Chazal, LaHavra Brachvakom and Agad L'Katan. Because of her understanding of the Sidkas of Yaakov and the Rishas of Esav, she went against the instinct. Wow. The instinct is to be mechabit and want bracha for a gadol. But her awareness of Yaakov's Sidkus, and Esav's Rishos, she moved it from the gadol to the katan. So the tire is being madgish, benar gadol, benar katan, to describe she went against instinct. Her inst- every instinct is the gadol should get the coven, should get the bracha the instincts that way. But he midaita, she went against instinct. And the Torah wanted us to know that in this story. That Rivka in, Imenu, in, in, in doing what she did, went against instinct and did what she felt midaita was right. She went against instinct and the Torah wanted us to know. I'll tell you, I, I want to say something that I can't say. There's not my praise of Rivka Imenu. Rifka's bigger than anything we could ever imagine. But the, the Ramban who teaches us and says the Torah taught us this, to teach us of Rivka Yemenu breaking your instinct for what was true and right, I have found in parenting, in, in running and in being involved in the yeshiva, that often we can go to the point of least resistance. We can go to the easiest place. We can be guilty of that also. If two guys are in a fight, you know, two guys are arguing over a room. So there's, there's, and this might be logical too. But you know, one guy's easier to work with, and one guy's harder. You can go to the place of least resistance. Now, if that is thought out, listen, he's easier to work with. Maybe that's the right thing, but you have to make sure. Sometimes it's the right thing to do. What's harder? You have to make sure you're not a person who just goes to the easiest place. And I'm very moved, Dubi, by this Ramban describing Tasrifki us Rifke Imenu, that every instinct is to give to the Vinaya Gadol. And the Torah, the Ramban says, want us to know that that was the instinct of this Sadekis. But Midaita, she decided, no, the Vinaya Gadol should get it. And fought that which is natural, that which is normal, and fought and did the unusual. All of Bechira lies in our ability, not just Not just to do what's instinctive, not just to do what's the easiest place, that's not exercising Bechira. The exercise of Bechira, the flexing of Bechira is to do sometimes the hard. Now it doesn't mean if it's instinctive, it's wrong. There are times, but it means that we have to ask ourselves what we hold is right. And when our das tells us that what's right is against the instinct, we could do that also. It's against that which the natural course of things. And the Torah wanted us to know this. That Rivka took big de'esah benah gadol. You shouldn't see in any way this story she favored. Listen, Rivka, you have a yakov. She likes yakov. No, no, no. Rivka had every instinct. Benah gadol, she took the begodim of benah gadol, of the child that she... Every instinct and every natural order was to want him to have the brachas. And that was what Riv, lived in Rifka, but she took from Benar Gadol and she went against that which was the natural order because that was right, because that was true. Mm. And do be our own willingness in our own lives to make moves, all different moves in the construction and the building of our own lives. This is in the building of our nation. That Rivki Menuh in an important moment in our nation fought that which was instinctive and natural and did that which is right. That's the best stories in our own life. The best stories in our own life is we'll often have something the natural order of things is just to do and the person says, I'm not just going to do the natural order of things. I'm going to stand up and do something I thought is right and I thought is true. I told the guys this story a few years ago, a guy in Yesheva, a guy late in the year, like a guy was like a solid guy, and he tells me later, I don't think I'm going to to throw. Like everybody here goes there. Like, what's wrong with you? Everybody goes to to throw. That's we crazy. We ended up we went on a walk. We walked in forests in Durham. If you go to the corner of Wallingford Road, so to get back to Waterbury, you make a right turn. To get back to any civilization, you make a right turn. I don't think any of you ever driving went straight. Or well, maybe somebody here went straight. We walked straight yes. and then made a left into the forest there. And we walked in forests, I don't think any from you, not at that point, point. and we talked for a long time at first, I was so frustrated that he was questioning, going there, it's all, every good guy. Then I started like dawning on me that he's thinking himself. He's not just going what's instinctive, what's natural, what's like, the, like life's been charted for me. He wants to decide to do things. He wants the power of a midaita to make a decision what's right. I got so moved that this person wasn't just following a, a normal flow yet. A normal flow that there, was, there needed to be a decision. Hey, is this the right thing for me? It's true there's an instinct and a natural order and I thought. And, but there's, there's also has to be a thought, a midaita, what's the right And the Ramban learns... That the reason the Torah told us Bena Godlam is to be madgish la haflag bitsitkas In order to that we should know about the tzitkas of rifki menu that every instinct was that Esau should get it, but Midaita, she, she, she felt and thought through it, that's not right, and she fought that which was the natural order of things, and of course affected our history. Yitzchak gets, Yaakov Avinu gets the brachas, not Esau, because, and the very brachas came from a Misa that went against the normal order of things. Somebody stood up against the normal order of things. I think in a deep way, this, the Ramban says about Rivka Imenu, is the story of Avram Avinu. The real story of somebody who grew up, where everybody in his city and everybody around him going one way, and he taps in midaita to something different. This is the story of all the others. I want to, I want, Reb Miller as Sakasha. he sees from the Psukim that the others lived a nomadic existence. Nomadic means they had no muck and no place they lived by. Rev. Miller talks, why the Avais, all the Avais live that way. I want to explain a nomadic existence in a spiritual sense. In a spiritual sense, it's not, well, everybody's going, well, everybody's doing. There's such a force, everybody's doing this, and it matters what everybody's doing. There's a place for that. But there's also a place to ask, but what's the right thing for me to do? What's the right thing for me to do? What's the right thing? I know with decisions in my own children, my life, my children's life, that there were so many times it was called to ask and to make a stance that maybe wasn't like the natural order. Just like what everybody's expecting and what like, if you don't think this is what I would do, the instinctive move, there's a time to say me midaita that something different should be done. I wanted to share this incredible Ramban that's true in the building of our people, and I think in the building of our own lives, that we have to have times where we ask ourselves in an honest way what's true and what's right, and we'll break from a normal order of maybe others expecting. I'm not here promoting that. 13th grade, as though we're not thinking about it now. There are guys here who stayed another year. I have a tremendous respect. Somebody does something, a tremendous respect against like the order of things. Now, it's not to purposely do that. Not an Egeos. Shouldn't be a Egeos either way. But it should be midaita. It should be Midaita. We have a group of heavy here, and I'm thanking. I'm-, I- I'm not saying this manipulative. They're here. There's a group of guys sitting and learning in our base measure from BMG, and they made cheshvaynus. It's not the typical move. And I'm sure that times they question, what am I doing here? I'm sure. But I'm always moved. And I don't say a negiyus to make the atypical move. There's no negiyus either way. I say that the journey of a human being is what's true and what's right. You can't always do the move that everybody, that everybody expects. And the move, it can't always be voted on by the shul. Like I said, the shul. There are times that there's something, she sees something. And the Ramban says that that's why the Taira says bina Gadl. Bina Godl is to be madgish that the instinct he calls it the, the minag hamalidim, The derech he give birth is the Bukhar gets the better the bracha, and that's it. Stop. She fights that instinct. I think the is madgish it here. this is in the English word a seminal moment, a very important moment in our history. I don't. I can't say a simple pshad and why the bracha. Why the brachas? What is the depth of the bracha? I have to study it, as do you. But the brachas are considered very, very important. That Yaakov Avinu got the brachas and not Esau. Our lives would look a lot different if Yaakov didn't get the bracha. I suspect we'd be much more reliant on Goyim and it would be dangerous. The brachas, probably the independence of the of the Jewish nation. without That's how the Alt of Navardic and many, many others understand it. The brachas given to Esau would mean that all through the dias, Klai Yisrael would be more reliant on the Umayis. And Klai Yisrael's, the brachas, some independence from the Umis that were afforded. And as such, it's an important in the development and the nature of our people, this was a very important moment. And Rivkei Menu went against the Derech HaMolidim. The instinct of every child bearer is to to give the bracha to the gadol. She went against Derech HaMidaita. She had a Svara and a reason and she went against the Derech HaMolidim because of what the Svara was. And that's part of the formation and the look of our people. I think in the own construction in our lives... I have a friend who's a very thought-out guy. And when I went to Masifta, when I went to Vesemesh, everybody at that point went to the mirror. And my assumption was I'm gonna go to the mirror. My Chavrus was a very thought-out person, so maybe we should go to Panovich. He made me crazy. I can't say I really thought about it honestly, but he did. He started looking into Panovich. Till today, I regret not not going to Panovich. But I was wrong. It was an Aveira. I went with Insta. Everybody goes to... I laughed at my friend. Check me out. Panovich. He was willing to go anywhere. He'd go to France to learn or China also. So what everybody goes through, what, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's, and it's not nothing. There's what to observe. If a lot of people do something, it might be right because a lot of people do it. And it doesn't mean to do... I'm not talking about a bias to do the unexpected move. I'm not talking about that either. I'm talking about the willingness to do what's true. The willingness. Rifki Mainu has no bias not to, to go against Derech Amulidim. But in this important seminal moment in our people, the Ramban says the reason the Torah says and Khatan is to tell us that the Derech Amulidim is to give the brachais to the Benoit Godl, and she fought the instinct. Shlema. And she gave it not to be afraid to do that. If that's what the das, if that's what te- if that's what the das tells us, so not to be afraid. So people are surprised. That's unusual. Okay, okay, so that's unusual. so it's so unusual. That's, that's, that's what the Ramban says is the reason. the I think the chizik in our own lives to think through things and sometimes we'll do a move that goes against the against the normal flow of things because we decided that's right. So the normal flow is this. Shrug, but this is what I decided right. <laughs> Again, without a bias, but that's what I wanted to share with the chaver. I thought that was important to share. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ivesi.